0: The 1619 project have in common? You're about to find out. I'm Andrew Coppins, he's Pat Oni. It's a Deep Dive Thursday, and of course, this is Critical Thinking. Welcome into Critical Thinking. Like I said, I'm Andrew Coppins, he's Pat Oni. It's a Deep Dive Thursday. We have a lot to talk about. Um, so we're gonna dive right in. Um, because We hinted at talking about artificial intelligence and chat GTP um, earlier this week, and and that's where we're going with this uh, discussion. But believe it or not, I have a case to make as to artificial intelligence and the 1619 project and what's going on with um, the furtherance of some of these things. Um, So I want to start with. Chat GTP being the biggest buzzword out there, Pat. Um, the thing that everybody is kind of talking about, can it revolutionize this industry or that industry or this or that? Um, so I wanted to start our discussion about artificial intelligence with Chat GTP, because I think it's important in the broader social context and the broader cultural context, and more importantly, the broader ethical context of our society today, it, it is for me, this discussion is akin to the beginnings of Facebook becoming not just something you had to have a college email to set up, right? This is the beginnings of not my space, but, you know, the the whole movement towards Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of the things that began to happen as we snowballed down the hill of social media. I think we're at that cultural or at least popular culture, influx point. And I wanted to get your thoughts as we look at chat GPT. First of all, have you used it?
1: Um, How do I put this? There is a program that I've used that is like an AI content generator. They have... I believe a API that is set up through chat G GTP. So uh, in a matter of speaking, yes, I haven't used it directly, but okay. Um, in a manner of speaking, I, I have used it
0: because it is all the rage in my industry and, and there's a reason for it. People are lazy and this is where right. I want to start with because people in my industry, it, here's the reality. Okay not you cannot be a jack of all trades you can't be a good writer you can't be a good videographer you can't be you cannot be all things to all aspects of the business right right so you need assistance elsewhere and for people who struggle with writing quality listing presentations or quality um remarks on a listing right so you know what people you know, look at on the property description, right, of your house when you list it, okay, or you're going to buy a house, you take a look at the description, right? You also look at other things, but the description is helpful. So for a lot of people who struggle with that, chat GPT can be really helpful. Two bed, two bath, high rise condo, Chicago, write a description, you know, with whatever, right? Mm -hmm. You can get very specific with the information and it can help. It is it's a tool that is beginning to transform how real estate works. Um, But as I look at the people who are taking this as the end all be all, I struggle. I struggle with it because I haven't used it, but I'm strong in writing, right? I'm strong in putting descriptions together. The things that I'm not strong in are the math parts of real estate, right? And there's already help. There's calculators, there's Excel spreadsheets, there's programs, you know, galore that can help you input information and voila, the output comes. Um, So I look at it from the perspective of, can it be helpful? But What are the other implications of this? And for me, some of what ChatGPT does is heighten the laziness of our society. Instead of trying to get better at something, instead of trying at something, let somebody else do it and and never think about it again. You know, I, I read uh, an article the other day, Pat, where a real estate agent was talking about how it, you know, he has like six listings at a time, right? Like every month he's got about five to six listings coming through the pipeline. And and he, he really struggles to write the, the pros and, and, and the description that's needed. And he uses, he just inputs the information into ChatGPT and it comes out the other end and he just throws it up there. There's an issue with that. The issue I have with artificial intelligence, at least right now, is the accuracy of its information. And when I attempted to to use this as an example, right, I, ha- I ended up having to spend more time correcting the errors that ChatGPT gave me. And maybe it's a struggle for ChatGPT or or maybe it's because the inputs weren't correct or whatever have you. But the amount of time that I would have spent correcting the inputs to get it to ChatGPT to give me the output, right? I could have written the thing myself. And more importantly, the inaccuracies if you're not paying attention, right? If you're just copying, pasting, putting it in and away you go can get you into some serious trouble on a professional, ethical, and legal level. Because you are putting something out there to the general public in this profession, right? That is a representation of not just your name, not just your um, reputation, but also of legal importance and ethical importance. If you were to not disclose something, that needed to be disclosed or if you inaccurately described the neighborhood or you used certain terminology like walkable you can't even use that term anymore and and I get why right because not everybody has the capability of walking right right so you can't use terminology right but does chat gpt know that does chat gpt know every states ins and outs of their fair housing laws? No. And it's never going to. So the amount of time that as I looked at it, the amount of time I would have had to have gone back and, and used to correct it, I could have written it by myself. So maybe it's a failure of me to operate this thing correctly, or it's also a failure of this to be as specific as people really needed it to be on a super professional level.
1: Well, I mean, this is this is the problem where I've I've run into and we actually tried, you know, AI content generation a few years ago, and it's come a long way in just a few short years. Uh, I mean, th- this this is probably the best I've ever seen. It does very well. I mean, grammatically speaking, it does mm-hmm. pretty good, too. Um, But you're right. Like, like, we'll we'll give it certain inputs. And what ends up happening is sometimes it focuses way too much on certain keywords that with the the entire article is basically about that. When we wanted a more general article, where this is just kind of mentioned.
0: Correct, correct, yeah. And then, and then, has, then you get into has, go ahead.
1: And then you get into like sometimes you'll you'll get into incorrect information, legal information, things like that that needs to be. At best, verified,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and then and then you're putting that up on the internet somehow. I mean, I, I, the legal like like it it could get, it, could, it has the potential to get you in trouble if you're not, not careful. And but I will say this: we have these issues now. What's to say what happens with this in a year or two as this develops? You know,
0: and that's all fair. I understand that, but the implication of this is that this is something that is not perfectible. Now, humanity well, but, is not perfectible, we know right. that.
1: Right, humanity is not perfectible, so neither is this going to be. Right.
0: right. Um. So I look at it, I tell that that professional story to, to ask the story about what happens to our society as artificial intelligence becomes not just something that is used in an academic setting not just something that is used as a theoretical right mm. but is something that is now impacting our everyday lives because here's the reality right i could create an entire professional website for myself right, right. all generated to your point right content generation mm. focused on driving clients into the into the fold right right I have built my reputation on information I likely have never seen, never have verified, never know anything about, right? Because it is meant to be set it and forget it, right? This whole idea that you can generate XYZ content. The amount of time I would spend moderating that content is the time I would spend creating it to funnel people in, right? So I look at it from that professional perspective, and I wonder if... I wonder this question. What problems are we attempting to solve as a society? And can artificial intelligence solve them? And I don't know that we're having the right conversation. I think what we're seeing is a shiny new tool and a shiny new object. And we're just going to play with it. And we're not going to think through where we're going. Now, I can look at this pad. Elon Musk is a ardent ardent supporter of limited artificial intelligence use, but he understands the broader implications of artificial intelligence for humanity. And in we don't even have to go down the road of will robots take over, will robots be able to do this or that in the future. I don't even need to go down that road. The implications that uh, Elon Musk is talking about have more to do with our social constructs, because we are social beings. It has more to do with our own intelligence. It has more to do with how we interact with society. It has way broader implications in Maybe this is something that has been thought out in academia a little bit. I would argue that it probably hasn't been enough. But where are the lines? Right now there aren't any.
1: At least as far as I can tell, there aren't mm-hmm. any. And 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 you know, to your point, you know, we don't have to go down the whole road of well, robots take over the world. I agree. Right. You we know, don't have to I, go full I on make,
0: Terminator, right? Right. Like, I mean,
1: I, I make I make jokes about that. I, I call like, oh, have you ever seen the documentary Terminator? I make jokes about that because if you stop and think about it for a minute, at one point in time, that was thought to be all fiction and could never happen. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at today and in, in the evolution of technology, how far away are we from things like that r- becoming a reality? Um, but to your point, at least the immediate applications that, that i see with this you have your legal and ethical ramifications especially if you're in a very specific kind of industry right yeah. that yeah. has that especially that relies on accuracy but then if you get into more of an educational type level where you're in school you're writing a paper you're trying to understand a topic but then you use chat gtp to create the content that you need for a paper or to even just do some basic research, you're relying on something that is that is pretty faulty when it comes to those kinds of things. and But what we're doing is we are setting aside our education, our ability to develop critical thinking skills to really be a learned society I mean this is this is the laziness and comfort trump the betterment of ourselves and the betterment of our communities and our society is what this is going to come down to I mean I think what you're going to see is you're going to see future generations use this but they they won't they won't necessarily be as educated. I think this is also the potential, by the way, everyone talks about misinformation and disinformation, like they talk about those things. What do you think chat GTP is going to do with with that kind of thing? Is it going to make that problem better or worse? We
0: don't know. Right. Right. Because because part of the artificial intelligence thing is is for us to be able to, as you pointed out, to be able to disseminate truth from fiction. That is part of the learning process, knowledge, um, sifting information out. And I have friends that are in academia, at a very high level, by the way, uh, inside academia, and they have been tackling this question for a while. Here's the problem. They're They've opened the floodgates for people to be able to do this, right? They could write an entire essay. They could do all these things. We know. I think we, you know, semi-covered this, but <coughs> um, ChatGPT took one of the the final exams to get an MBA from the Wharton School at Penn, right? One of the toughest, hardest, supposedly most prestigious business schools in the entire country, right? Right. Yeah. And passed it. The people doing the thing didn't know it was Chat GPT, right? No, it's new enough that they're not going to.
1: However, I will say this as people start catching on, well, there are I, AI
0: detection tools to, to detect this mm, content. Mm, mm. I'm glad you brought that up because that's exactly where I was going with this story. Mm. Because I have a friend who is in the development of these tools within academia they continue to fail over and over and over again. They continue to fail because the artificial intelligence is mimicking what human tendency mm-hmm. So you would have to create and in as he spoke about this we would have to create, another artificial intelligence to be able to detect artificial intelligence. Because the systems and the coding and the things that we currently do, right? Right. They're not meant to be able to do that. They can't physically do that. It is a, it is an impossibility to build an algorithm that can detect this, uh, at least in enough of a way. Now, his point is that we don't need it to be perfect. What we needed to do is we, we in academia need to figure out the threshold that we begin to then look secondly at these things. My druthers with academia and how this can change the world is I. what is the need for formal schooling is going to be my question going forward. Right. If <coughs> If I can reach out on a topic, right? Or if I want to research a topic or start to learn something, can artific- is artificial intelligence capable? And there is a great article about this, actually, that I believe that you and I, or that I gave you. And it was from uh, Matthew Lynch. And it's my vision for the future of artificial d- intelligence and in education, because I think this is the area in which the biggest s- s- societal implications exist is in education. What does the future of education look like if artificial intelligence can write an essay, right? If artificial intelligence can do your math problem for you, right? Like the, the implications of homework, the implications of learning on a very basic level are changed forever. Not from a I can Google it perspective, right? Because you can Google math problems and get away with it today, right? But from a, I can't, I don't even have to input that. I, it, it, to the point of literally I could scan the document or scan the homework, right? And poof, up it goes. And they take, they take over your entire homework. That's all you would need to do eventually. We're not quite there yet. On the essay level, hell yeah we are. Because all you need to do is type in the essay question and tell it to write an essay of X amount of words. Now, you probably still have to flower it up and, and check for accuracy and, and all of those things. That That's a fine and dandy. But but the implications are very broad. But this individual brings this up. Um, students wake up in the morning and via SMS confirm their attendance and that they will be taking the bus. Students then receive a reply when they're with their transportation details, which vary depending on the number of pickups in the traffic. Upon arriving at school, students meet with their tutors who have individualized learning plans given to them based on collected data and the student's strengths. Throughout the day, students receive alerts via SMS as to lab availability, opportunities to study with peers, fire alarms, fastest evacuation routes, and more. While this is not my vision for the future of AI in education, says Matthew Lynch again, it is that of the innovation leader, Christine nasr or Nasser. Goetze, Nazar On the one hand, there are some definitive benefits to this style of education. On the other hand, it seems like a very sporadic, unpredictable model for learning. Some of the advancements for uh, AI in schools could include what? Adaptive learning programs responsive to students, national and global data that advises teachers of the best learning interventions, regularly updated and relevant content, tailored learning plans based on a student need. And performance predictive models that are school specific. Ben Dickinson lists some ways that AI could enhance education, stating machine learning algorithms can identify gaps in educators' teachings and points where students are struggling. You could personalize uh, get personalized supplemental guidance for students. Self optimized engines and human computer content moderation of online platforms in the classroom, textbooks and content creation, customized to individual learning needs. And I have talked about this for a long time, Pat, that, and I believe you know, even your wife has mentioned this to you, is that the, the difficulty for teachers is that you have 20, 25 kids in a classroom and you might have seven different learning styles, right? So how do you teach to and affect your broader plan and to that individualized level. And I've talked about how it's important for, uh, for us, as if we are in that academic setting, to understand how we learn. And we don't often focus on that. And, and I've always brought up that, that topic of the test with me and five of my friends in the same class, right, in, in college, and, and studying my way versus studying the way that they studied. It totally worked for me, and it could have worked for others, but they didn't know how they learn and how they retain and regurgitate information, because that's ultimately what what a test is about, right? Is your ability to retain and regurgitate information. This can change that. And so there are some good benefits, but are we focusing on those good benefits or are we going to try to pigeonhole AI, chat, GPT, others into education that exists today? Because I can make the argument that this can actually be a very helpful thing for school choice, for real academic freedom. I can make an argument I don't ever have to go to a classroom again. If I can use AI to individualize a learning plan, if I can this this has broader implications, right? If if we don't need a classroom, right? A, an actual classroom. Where maybe society says, "Okay, we're going to say, you know, we're, we're going to have scheduled playtime or whatever have you, right? Um, social interaction, because we do need that. That is the benefit of school, in my view, right? Is the, the socialization that you get. But we, we we can figure out how to do that. But I'm going to individually learn at the pace that I need to learn at. And we're we're not going down the road of arbitrary testing. We're not going down the road of arbitrary timelines, right? Who cares if I learn... Uh, multiplication at the age of five or at the age of 10, right? Like what, what, what matters is as I get to adulthood and as my brain is fully developing, have I acquired the skills in which to be able to interact on my own in society, to gather professional skills, to gather these types of things? I think this has the ability, if we think through the ethics and think through the the potential, potentiality of this to change literally how we do education, period, point blank. Will this eliminate the need for a teacher? I don't think so, because I don't think you can eliminate the human component, but it will change what the role of a teacher looks like going forward. And actually, a, a teacher like your wife might actually benefit from this, Pat. And here's why. Because her speciality is 100% human interaction. You can't you can't do what she does without human interaction. Sure, you could read a, or watch a YouTube video, but it is not the same as the physical learning of that skill set.
1: Right. I mean, what she teaches is extremely hands-on.
0: Right. So you can't you can't just you can't just replace that and so what she may be able to do here is, in the future, have an office, right, or have a setup available to her where she teaches more individualized programming, right? Like, I'm going to teach, instead of teaching for eight hours in a day or, or whatever, right, I'm going to teach for four hours every single day, Monday through Friday, right? And, but I'm going to take and focus in on more individualized training or more importantly I'm going to offer five different classes right I'm going to offer five different things one's going to focus on cooking one's going to focus on this one's going to focus on that idea this idea and this concept and and then I'm going to get the inputs from wherever right of how these students learn and I'm going to match them up in a classroom so that when I teach this class I know that I can effectuate the best learning model for them. That's how this could change something like what your wife does, right? Oh, I need to be less hands-on and more theoretical with this class. Or I need to be way more hands-on. Or um, somebody learns by doing instead of talking, right? Or somebody learns better by taking notes and then doing. Oh, so I'm going to match up those 10 people that are that way for an hour. And boom, away we go. Her her life will change dramatically, and so will some other teachers. Because I have a question for you: What is the need for an English teacher? I, I honest honest to God question: What is the what is the need for a language teacher of any any pick English pick German pick whatever? There is yeah. none, because it, you can learn not it not all this. via artificial intelligence.
1: Yeah, not with this. I mean, before That's, this, yeah, you you could there's, look I mean, at Babel, there's a right? Journey. Right
0: now, does it work for everybody? No, but again, then you're effectuating just a very individualized subset of people, and what you actually become is a SME, a subject matter expert. You mm-hmm. you have to focus in on something, and there's always going to be a place for theoretical economics and theoretical this and da 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 da. Right, there's always going to right. be a place, but that is a very high brow academic level. But you can you can identify people, you can do a whole lot by not just using AI as a tool within the classroom, but as in a tool that can properly identify trends, traits, uh, all sorts of things within the individual. But, Pat, have we or have we not seen these types of data points already being abused, is my question, within academia?
1: Yes. Yes, okay. we have.
0: Okay.
1: How? Well, I mean, just take taking students, for example, creating their own essays through through this kind of AI technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, we mentioned this earlier.
0: Yeah. We've also seen mm. schools attempting to collect data points and turning it on parents. The, yeah. We've seen them collect data points and look at what we're seeing with the Shh, don't tell them your pronouns and and we, we're gonna silo you from your parents right We've seen them take data points that indicate um, potentiality for this or that and hide it from parents or use it as a wedge because they don't agree with uh, how something might be done in the home versus how they would do it in their home or their classroom right right we've we've seen them use it against religious, belief systems, we've seen it being used all over the place and abused all over the place. Common Core is a great example of this, right? The data points that they collect and use are astronomical already. Now, imagine what data points are being collected about your child. Are we going down the road of minority report as, well, this this person is going to be an average achiever or this person is stupid, right? Or, the, or this person has a, a, a potential for disability, right? Now, can it also be used on the flip side for good in that category? Identifying dyslexia or identifying learning disorders, other learning disorders early on. Yes. But I would argue then we have to silo that into this, right? And ethically, look at where we are, what we're going, where we're going, how we're doing this. These are not conversations other than on a very theoretical level that we're actually having parents. Are you paying attention to this? No. Why? Because We've been fed the line of the last three years of of the BS that's going on in our education, right? We we have to know whether or not boys are going to become girls overnight just so they can go into a bathroom and rape other actual females, which is happening all over this country, not just in isolated cases. We have to pay attention to the ideologically driven education. Do you think that's going to get worse or better with artificial intelligence? Is artificial intelligence not a tool that you can program in for your ideological bent? Now, before we go any further, Pat, I want to bring this education component into today. Because one of the biggest I wouldn't say education standpoints, but one of the biggest um, history topics of the last five years, at least, if not the last decade, is Nicole Hannah-Jones, right, and the 1619 Project. Question for you. Is that or is that not um, something that is being taught in classrooms today? Not all of them.
1: I would say at least to some degree yeah yeah it it's it's being taught at least in some areas
0: mm-hmm. some some cities some school districts some states have it as part of their uh curriculum whether that is at a middle school level or a high school level okay um I would I would argue the 1619 project is literally the human version of chat GPT why? Because it just regurgitated information with no context, with no um, filter, right? With no, but the other side of the argument. So we already have a problem with accepting truth, right? And I think this right. is the problem that I have with where we're going with ChatGPT, with um, artificial intelligence, we struggle with identifying truth already. And again, part of that is the is because of quote-unquote misinformation. But where's that misinformation coming from? It is coming from content creation, right? It is coming from people who are attempting to alter reality. And the 1619 Project for me is a great example of this because what do we have as a potential education tool right now? Well, the 1619 Project is getting its own Hulu series. Ugh, great. Okay, so it's getting its own Hulu series, and I believe it's with um. I forget it's Nicole Hannah Jones. We know that. Okay, and it's a docu series. Okay. Now, we also know what about the 1619 Project as it was presented vis-a-vis the New York Times, because this wasn't a book. This was a set of essays in the New York Times, right? By Nicole Hannah-Jones. Right. That the New York Times identified whole sorts of historical, not just inaccuracies, but wild accusations and untruths. Not just, I missed uh, a little context here or a little context there. I literally am lying to you, okay? They ignored the New York Times in pursuit of a Pulitzer Prize, their own fact checkers warnings. And Reason points out what's going on with the 1619 Project, okay? The very first episode, okay, features Nicole Hannah-Jones and University of South Carolina professor Woody Holton. He is one of a handful, by the way, of heterodox historians who defended the 1619 projects, original narrative, by the way. So he's all in on the narrative of the 1619 project, which again is this concept that America's founding is not 1776 it's 1619, because that's when slavery came to our shores. And if without slavery, blah, 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 we can go on and on and on. Right. But the scene opens in the very first scene. Um, In Colonial Williamsburg is what they're using, okay? So that would have been the home of the House of Burgesses, the home of government in the state of Virginia. And it opens on the grounds of its reconstructed colonial governor's palace, okay? So the governor, the colonial governor, okay? As the camera pans across streets filled with historical reenactors, tourists in front of the restored colonial buildings, the pair take a stab at resurrecting the 1619 Project's narrative. The evidence that a British threat to slavery impelled Virginians, really the colonists. And it, and this is the main crux of the argument of why it's 1619 versus 1776, if you will, for that. The untruth that they, they turned the reality of colonialism on its head. Okay? And what they say is that, well, we have proof that The British didn't want slavery at all, period. They didn't want slavery. And it was only in the attempt to keep slavery alive that the southern states, the southern colonies of the time, joined up with the northern cause. It was the, hold up, wait a minute, they're going to get rid of our slaves, we need to protect that. That's, That's the... That's the basic connotation of why it's 1619 and not 1776, because the reality is it's always been about slavery and keeping slavery and keeping black people down, right, in the 1619 Project, okay? They say this because, the, as they put it, the evidence that a British threat to slavery impelled Virginians or perhaps colonists at large, in Hannah Jones's imprecise phrasing, to revolt... So the, it, the, uh, that sl- the threat to slavery impelled Virginians to revolt can be found in the 1775 decree of John Murray, 4th Earl of Dunmore. So the Earl of Dunmore, okay? He was what, Pat? If we know anything about John Murray, he was the last colonial British governor, right? Right. Okay. He was the last of the royalist governors in that state. Facing the collapse of British rule, Dunmore announced that any enslaved male from a household in rebellion would be granted freedom in exchange for military service on the British side. That is true. That did happen, right? Lord Dunmore said, "We're." this is a famous decree from him, right? Right. Okay. Could ChatGPT have produced this statement that the colonists were impelled to could they could they look at the information and say that yeah they could right well that's clear that's clearly why the the colonists of virginia went one way because the the property quote-unquote which i it's stupid it's the, the worst the worst of the worst human beings being property i can't wrap my head around that mindset but but that being said could you could you not see an artificial intelligence grabbing that piece of information that decree and saying this is the reason why Virginia joined up with the with the uh, the uh, Continental Congress and began to declare war potentially yeah you absolutely could see chat GPT yeah. doing this but furthermore this missing the context right Pat because the context of this is what Lord Dunmore, was being driven out of the colony already, right? Lord right, Dunmore right. hadn't been occupying the governor, the governor's mansion. This is how insidious this docu-series is and how easy it could be for people to believe this narrative, let alone what would be told to them by artificial intelligence. We are replacing critical thinking with artificial thinking. It's not intelligence. It's artificial thinking.
1: Not to mention, I mean, I think what we're what you're also implying here with with these scenarios is that artificial intelligence is is going to teach you how to think or, or what to think, not necessarily just how to think, but what to think. It's a, it's almost a way you to run brainwash. the risk
0: as a society of becoming enslaved to not the pursuit of knowledge, not right. the context of how to gain knowledge, the the skill set that you learn supposedly are able to learn, right? How to discern information. We are not teaching discernment. And we already have a problem with that because we just believe everything that we see in the Google machine, right? Or we just believe everything that that is put onto online more broadly. And people fall for it. I've fallen for um, things that looked real but were a hoax. I've fallen for that. You've fallen for that. Everybody has. Yep. There's nobody yep. that hasn't. And and that's not to suggest that if you fall for it, you're stupid. It's to suggest that discernment is is already hard. How does it get any easier going forward, especially when we become more and more reliant on other things to give us the things that we should be able to do for ourselves? Now, what do we know? about uh, Dunmore and why am I bringing this up? Why am I bringing the 1619 project in front of you? It's because this is a narrative that is put out there into the ether and these are pieces of information and inputs that artificial intelligence will be able will be using going forward. We're putting poisonous narratives out there for people to not just consume, but for artificial intelligence to consume. What what does that do to the, the pursuit of the truth, because the truth of Lord Dunmore, the truth of the matter, is very simple. I want you to, I want you to hear this from uh, the Reason article, okay, Pat? Dunmore's decree made him the author of a "quote unquote" emancipation proclamation of sorts. Both Hannah Jones and Holton contend their language intentionally evokes parallels to President Abraham Lincoln's famous order freeing the slaves of the rebellious Confederacy in 1863. Right. Prompted by Hannah Jones's questioning, Holton then recounts his version of the lesser-known events uh, of some fourscore and eight years prior to Lord Dunmore's uh, declaration. Dunmore issued that Emancipation Proclamation in November 1775, and that Emancipation Proclamation infuriated white Southerners. And why does the why does the pointing to the governor's mansion matter? Why why are they using that sim- symbolism, Pat? They're using it because they want you to believe that Lord Dunmore sat in the governor's mansion, right, making this decree and 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 standing up to the 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 people of the south. That wasn't the case at all. The reality of the real Lord Dunmore scenario is that Lord Dunmore was not in not in uh, Williamsburg. He was in Norfolk, Delaware, or Norfolk, uh, Virginia, excuse me, on the James River, okay? He was nowhere near Williamsburg when this was done. He hadn't been to the mansion in over five months at that point in time, and this was a last-ditch attempted effort to not emancipate these individuals, but to bring them to the british side to fight the oncoming war that they already knew was going to happen this was a naked attempt at i'm going to free you so that you can serve me now we it goes on to say that we see the visual power of the hulu production at that moment as holton lifts his finger pointing to the governor's palace right because this building is supposed to symbolize white rule over blacks, and now the guy inhabiting that building, Lord Dunmore, has turned things upside down and is leading blacks against whites. That's what Hannah Jones and Holton want you to believe. Is that the truth? No. No. There was, there was no way that this was what was going on. The, the flipping of motivation. Could, could we see artificial intelligence telling us that this is the way that this happened? And oftentimes history is wrong today, I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is that we have the ability to discern this. We have the ability to understand basic facts, right? That, oh, wait, Dunmore did do this, but Dunmore also wasn't there, right? So right. I have the ability to discern that your your factual representation is not accurate, Right? You are not representing what actually took place here. I can tell you what the actual truth of the matter is because I not, not only do I have the evidence of the declaration, but I have the evidence of his physical location. I have all the other pieces to the puzzle. Is Chat GPT going to give me that? No. Why? Because I might not have inputted to ask them the other parts of that equation, right? I might have only inputted, did Dunmore do this? Or what about the white people or the black slaves uh, as Brit- uh, You know, the British army, right? I could do all those things. So as Hannah Jones says, so you have this institution where many Virginians and other southern colonists, they're not really convinced that they want to side with the Patriots. And this turns many of them towards the revolution. Is that right? If you ask them, it did. The record is absolutely clear. So there it is. The authoritative voice on this is going to be what? And it is put out there for people to consume, and it's being produced by human beings, right? We are producing absolute untruths about history. Absolute untruths in an attempt to do what? Narrativize, right? We're, we're attempting to do what? Now, At the time of his decree, the real Dunmore had not set foot in Williamsburg in almost five months. His order decreeing martial law in the colony and calling on slaves to enlist in a royal militia came not from his residence, but from a position of exile aboard the HMS William off the coast of Norfolk, Virginia. Dunmore had abandoned the governor's palace on June 8th of 1775 amid signs that patriot militiamen were converging on Williamsburg to defend the House of Burgesses from a threatened power grab by the crown. That's the reality of where we were sitting. The, 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 before any indication of, of we're going to free the slaves and holy shit, what happens when that goes down, right? Any indication that this was going to happen, the militiamen, the colonists, the people who believed in the patriotic cause were already fighting the fight. They were already there saying, uh, hell no, you're not going to get any more power, right? It continues saying that the trouble began actually a few weeks earlier with a botched attempt by Dunmore to do what, Pat? What was, um, what is one of the most famous parts of this period of revolutionary history? It's Dunmore's siege. Mm -hmm. It was his, uh, it was his failed attempt to do what, Pat? Seize the gunpowder of the militiamen and the patriotic, uh, side of the fight here he attempted to do that right as a preemptive strike against revolutionary grumblings if they don't have the gunpowder they can't fight but when when Dunmore fled the capital he carried away a sizable staff of wait for it pat servants aka slaves he was still holding slaves it was not about that it was just a naked attempt to do what put numbers on their side to fight the fight because they didn't have them because they're still on ships coming to America. That's why it had nothing. And the the colonists were already there. Now the moves of the governor over the course of 1775, there's no question that the moves that he made made that more fervent, but was it the gunpowder or that the slave? situation which one it was it was the naked power grab that's what the patriots cared about okay it was the power grab the attempt to to shut down the House of Burgess the attempt as we saw in in Massachusetts to do what disband the government right the colonists had no power That that's what they were fighting against and nothing to do with the slaves that came in November 1775 full six seven months before that what do we see? They ignore that history in the pursuit of something else, in pursuit of a different narrative. And all it takes is for a people, a populace, and this is why this is important. We already see a populace who just takes it at its word and doesn't do any of its own work because to do so is to what? Take time, take effort to to have to think and and what do we know about humanity in general from day 1 we're lazy we know that read the bible right the the story of genesis the first the first interaction of god creating man man is lazy
1: this comes back to you know narrativizing <clears throat> teaching people what to think versus how to think and i i think that's the danger here that we're ultimately getting at is because the the thing about when you when you're teaching a subject like history or english part of the the skills that you should be learning in those subjects is how to think through those things and the way you learn how to do that is by research understanding different sides of an argument Yep, you know, and and being able to articulate those sides, right? Like you just did, you, you very eloquently just laid out the argument of, hey, this is how how uh, GTP and AI, are, you know, could, could help education, and help teachers, and help all this. But on the other flip side, here we have things like the sixteen nineteen project that are putting out this information. Could AI give us this information? On some level, sure, but could it could. Can it help us read in between the lines? No. This right. is this is the this is the 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 hive mind kind of thinking where they are trying to get everybody to think the same way about a very specific topic, so that they can be on the side of who wins the argument, right? Of how, more people think this way than not. Yeah. No. That's not how this is supposed to work. That's not how society was ever meant to function. Mm-hmm. This is this is this is basically stripping us of an element of our humanity and our diversity by the way because we we should be able to come up with different ideas and different ways of how to look at mm-hmm. any given topic. Whether we agree or disagree is irrelevant, but how we learn is through healthy disagreement Discourse, and being able to create and thinking understand
0: a hundred percent i agree with you and and look we haven't even touched on the implications for healthcare. we haven't no. touched on the implications for government we haven't touched on the implications of artificial intelligence for a lot of things and that's the problem because we're 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 winding the jack in the box here right and we're 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 at the point where we can think we know that the head is about to pop out right because ChatGPT is just one broad implication it's not enough to to make it go all the way up right the jack in the box just spring up it's not quite there yet right. it's almost there and if if we, if we look at this, we need to have these conversations. We could talk probably for four, five, six hours on this topic alone, Pat, on education implications alone, let alone the other societal implications. But I don't think it's something that we necessarily have to fear. It's something we have to think through. It is something that we have to agree upon to the guidelines of which we're going to attempt to implement that implement this into our society could this be a good thing for business I I would argue that there are businesses in which this could be a great thing. Um, Amazon already does a lot of AI work right um, a right. lot of this is done via data science and understanding okay so I need to maximize my workforce here or I need robotics in this area because I can efficiently do it here versus human inefficiencies right? Um, all all that sort of stuff. It can change the way that businesses interact with human beings in a pretty positive way, but it can also have very negative implications for other things. And the reliance on AI to replace hard work is something that we've got to discuss because there's a way to supplement and complement humanity with this, I believe. I fervently believe that education is that great point, as I've made uh, throughout today's talk. I fervently believe that education is a key area in which we can positively impact change, where those of us who believe in a more freedom-based education system, those of us who believe in more truth-seeking education, those of us who believe in education being about learning critical thinking skills, not what to know, but how to know, it can fundamentally alter because we can do what? Decentralize your education. How, how we have gone about educating ourselves is a model that's about what? 500 years old? 600 years old? At this point, right? So we're looking at Harvard being founded in what the early 1600s, right? We look at Princeton and Yale and all these colleges, right? The education model is basically the same. It has changed in how we use technology, there's no question about that, but the the model is fundamentally the same, right? Testing, essays, uh you know, this, that, and the other thing, right? right? Blue books have been around my entire life. We're still using them in education, right? Yeah, yeah you write an essay in a blue book, still doing it. We have to be able to adapt, adopt. And for those of us who believe in the fight of education as the center of the cultural war, if you will. Because what does that do? It affects the next generation behind us and the generation behind them, okay? I fervently believe that if we are smart, this has a way to positively impact us. But are we focused on the wrong battles right now or on the right battles right now? Can we be two-pronged? I I don't know if there's enough time in a day but what I do know is we can allow the Corey DeAngelis and, you know, involved parents, right, to to fight the fight of funding students, not systems right now, right? right? But on the same level, we have to have somebody that can match a Corey DeAngelis on the thought processes and implementation of freedom-based education. Okay, so great. Now I have the ability to fund whatever I want. How can How can we – how can we make the future of education look different, but we're the ones in control, not, not leftists anymore. We are the ones that decentralize education. Could it be that kids who want to focus on technical education get a much broader, much better, much more focused technical education because of it? Yes. Yes. Can we identify people who might have a skill set one way or another? Yes, we can. That doesn't mean that, that we don't allow them to pursue other things, but we can specialize better. We can not pigeonhole them into this is only a coder or this is only a farmer, right? No, 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 no. We can say these people have better technical abilities and these people have better theoretical abilities. Let's, let's focus in on these things. Let's think through and become innovative leaders in education, using artificial intelligence to our benefit to say, hey, we're going to set the ethical guidelines here. We're going to set the ground rules. While also on the other side, helping to fundamentally transform how we do education. I have a question for you, Pat. Property taxes going forward. Could we lower property taxes on, on, on people if we decentralize education? Hell, yes, we can. Why? Because it should cost you way effing less to implement technological systems with more individualized focused education. That doesn't say that that the value of a teacher goes down, but the value of the 900 administrators that are in that education system today when you only need two, right? Or one, right? Right. Right, right. There's where you get your savings and you actually provide more value for people like your wife and like many other good educators. And hey, by the way, if you want to be the blue-haired leftist, right, and you want to educate your child that direction, that, that like I said, freedom-based education. You want to go down that road? Go for it. But I also have the ability to to focus my children's education on things that I think that provide them value. And more importantly, how I want to individualize their education is more valuable to society, to society. I think we would value ourselves and value diversity of thought, diversity of interaction way more. Why? Because we're not being told that there's only one way to think about life. And that's what's happening with education today, right? We're, we're being told Everything is black and white, and you must believe what I am telling you to believe or you're a bad person. That's ultimately what our education system is doing today. Sit in a classroom, and you'll be amazed at what comes out of the mouths of teachers. And more importantly for me, Pat, look at what teachers look like today. I'm not suggesting that I'll wear a suit and tie. Right. But I am suggesting that you probably need to look like, I don't know, not somebody you'd find at your local dive bar at least at least
1: dressed professionally
0: I, yeah i mean we're, we're seeing them wear ripped jeans and right you right. know all this crazy stuff it, it,
1: i would never things I, that we would have never seen when we were in school by the way
0: and it's not well it's not whataboutism it's not um the changing of the guard this is a signal that education doesn't have any standard. There's no standards in education other than you better right. be a leftist. And it's actually encoded in law here in Illinois. Mm. I mean, there's literally a part of the licensure that you agree to, to get a license to teach. Licensure is another area in which, what is what is a license if you have artificial intelligence? What does artificial intelligence do to real estate agents, right? Well, here's the thing, we've already seen it right with um zestimates right that zestimates is artificial intelligence that's what it is okay but what artificial intelligence cannot do is go into your home and see the changes that you've made they cannot cannot understand the the condition of your property could they could you buy a camera or a drone um and have Zillow come in and take a drone footage and, and and that become part of your zestimate good luck good luck doing that why we don't have enough drone pilots to do that, right? We so there are things that artificial intelligence cannot do that humans are not replaceable for. But it could change. Why would you need a real estate license? Why? Why, why do you need right. a license? I I still make that argument today. I don't know. I I fervently don't know. Other than I need to know what the laws are. Don't so let me pass the law exam right let me pass an exam that shows i know the okay that's great i've got that cool but that's not what a that's not what a realtor's license is for so it it will change fundamentally everything and if we're not ready to have these if we don't have these discussions today now about the implications on everything how we think through the guidelines how we how what speed We look at AI, what areas AI has relevancy in, and more importantly, how do we disclose the use of artificial intelligence? So for example, right, if ChatGPT is using this um, to create content, do you not put a disclaimer in, right, created with artificial intelligence or whatever have you, right? Because right now it's being put under my name or your name or Joe Schmo's name down the street. Did I really create that content? No, I did not. I had nothing to do with it. Created by Chat GPT. The implications are so broad that we we need this discussion. And it's not happening on a grand enough scale. And this is fundamentally part of the problem of leadership, Pat. It's fundamentally the the problem of we don't have forward thinkers other than the Elon Musks and the theoreticists of the world, right? Those people are having that discussion. But are they pushing our government and governments to have these discussions? And it's part of a broader discussion of not just internationalism, of control versus freedom. I uh, I will make the argument that, uh, that we have to control the argument for freedom because what will happen is governments, the powers that be, we've already seen it, will take this and use it for nefarious reasons. We already see the FBI abusing and misusing the privatization of data. We already see the CIA doing it. We already see the people in the bureau- bureaucratic ap- apparatuses of our government misusing the public-private relationship, right? What, what, what are you going to do, right? If government now has the ability to control the information, the ability to control the levers of what you can and can't understand, if the government has the ability to To use artificial intelligence against you, it's over. It is 100% over because you cannot put that genie back in the bottle. Now, I'd argue part of it's already out there, but it's being used in very specific use cases. It is not being used as a lever of the ministry of truth if you want to go down the 1984 route, right? They don't have that broad ability. We don't have the minority reportability. Right, that's very clear. We just talked about it yesterday. The, the FBI couldn't even put the pieces of the puzzle of January sixth together to suggest we should probably make sure we beat security up. Let alone what they actually did on that day. We we are not having the right discussions, and and I know that we've only talked about a single topic today, but this is how broadly important this topic is, and how specific this topic is. So I want to I want to get your thoughts on this before we wrap up today's show.
1: Um, I mean, you're right. Like, I, I actually asked you this last night, um, in our chat. Like, like, have we, have we really thought through the negative consequences of of what this is going to present in our society? And I would submit that we haven't. I think mm-hmm. going back to the beginning of the show, where you referenced, oh, we have this shiny new toy. You know, it's the shiny thing. Well, when you have that shiny new toy, you're only focused on that. You're not focused on everything else that it's having an impact on. Uh, we, we talked about, <clears throat> you know, the education in the classroom. We haven't, there's, there's so many other things that we haven't touched, when it, whether it's government, science, um, in science in regards to technology, um, health care, law. I mean right. there's there's
0: so many ramifications of this. I mean, you you could look at the, the government side of things. Do we need a right. Congress, a Senate? Uh do we need any of these things if we know that right. artificial intelligence can in, interpret data points and, and give us uh the potential for budgets, right? Or the potential for this, or right. the, the functionality of government completely changes.
1: Right. But can this give us good things? Sure. Sure it, it could. could. But it but 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 it's so easily right now, it's so easy to, to abuse it. And, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I I see this as a way for people to, to make power grabs. 100%. And, 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 it, and it will corrupt men's hearts. I mean, and the other factor of this is too is what does this do to things like religion at the end of the day? And being able to think about your faith and what happened during the times of Christ is, is are they going to do something like where they do like a sixteen nineteen project where they give you all this information, but they don't give you the ability to read in between the lines. They don't give you the ability to learn how to think. They just teach you what to think. And then they also give you false information about, you know, what happened and, uh, the amount of disinformation, misinformation, whatever you want to call it, that could come out of this is astronomical. This is going down the road of a hive collective mind, if you will. And while I agree with you, we shouldn't fear it. We have to think through it. And right now, right now, we're not doing that as as a, as a a societal whole, right? There are those of us that are, and, I mean.
0: And I get it. I totally right. get it Pat because here's the rub right uh we could have easily gone down the road of uh holy bleep Joe Biden's uh, Rehoboth Beach place was was you know whatever Hunter Biden just literally admitted to the laptop being true and wanting to cook up a deal with the FBI uh we could right. go down the road of Nikki Haley's likely to announce right and and uh, what about the the Trump versus Ron DeSantis on true social. And so we could go down these roads, right, of all these stories that that give us all that shiny object attention, right? Mm-hmm. But we're, are we focusing in on the things that were going to matter? Because I have a feeling if we don't focus in on this and, and setting ethical boundaries and, and societal boundaries, hey, we're not willing to go here. What are the things that we are willing to do? And what are the things, more importantly, and, and I said this to my wife last night not about this subject but about just something in general. the you know so much of the Bible tells us that things will be revealed to us in God's time, not our time, right right so much of the right. Bible tells us that. So as we you know we look at the fact that like we we find new species of all sorts of things every year we find like 1800 new species of, of animals right or plankton or whatever have you. Oh, every year, what? How is that possible? We should know all of this, right? Right? Science, science, science. God is revealing it to us in our time, as as He wants us to know this information. And are we skipping that? And if so, do we are are we thinking of this from the perspective of what is the damnation coming our way? Is this really what God is revealing for us? I don't know that. I don't know. Maybe there are some things that are better left in the bottle, right? Like, I don't know, eugenicism, better left in the bottle, right? Uh, no, thank you. Right. <clears throat> I think I would argue nuclear weapons things. should have been that case. Hmm. I, I, I think this is
1: going to be one of those things. It's, it's going to be time is going to tell. Yeah. And but how much there's... time
0: is going to be my right, question.
1: Right. And, and the, the, the question is how much good and how much bad comes out of it during that right. time. You know, because here's the well, thing. are even think, able I to long, discern long of good and bad? bad.
0: Okay, that's going to be my question with, with artificial intelligence. Can we even discern what is good and bad? Because we're not even teaching discernment. We right. are just teaching indoctrination over, whether that's left or right, by the way. I, I'm going to be honest right. about this. The right wants indoctrination, just a different version of it. When they get power, and this is my biggest rub with Ron DeSantis, they want indoctrination 180 degrees the opposite direction. No, 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 no. Freedom is freedom. And, and if you want to take this AP, a great example, the AP class, right, in in there. And I know we're going long, but the AP um, African-American studies class that that they were saying no to, right, on a high school level. Question for you. Are you forced to take AP um, anything? No. No. No, you're not. So don't take it if you don't want to. Now, does that mean that um, you shouldn't shine a light on its absolute bullcrap that is in it i think that was the good thing right because now we've got a change to that ap african Amer- uh, African studies thing right now now they're they're they want oh the, the the man with the biggest mouthpiece right is going right. uh oh hell no they made changes to it see that's what you can do but you don't have to go the route of banning it you have to go the route of shining a light on it and saying i wouldn't take this class if it was thrown thrown at me right uh, no no No, if it was the last class I needed to take to graduate high school, I ain't doing it. Why? Because it's full of untruth.
1: But this isn't. This isn't even to bring this full circle. This isn't even just about indoctrination. This is about comfort. And and in in as you aptly pointed out at the beginning, men are lazy. And And it's part and parcel of of our message from
0: last year with reviving liberty and our message of well, it's really the last two years' messages, right? Get used right. to being different was last year's message. And this year's message is confrontation. So confront the laziness, confront the, um, the comfort, the comfort seeking. The, the whole point of reviving Liberty is that you're going to root yourself in God, which is uncomfortable, that you're going to be a pillar in, you know what I mean? Like you, you you're going to find your principles, which can be an uncomfortable internal and external conversation. You have to be used to being different, okay? You have to shine a light, and you have to be a pillar inside your own community. Those are very uncomfortable things, all of it. But in that uncomfortableness, you find comfort in reality. You find comfort in people who who don't just see the world as the same as you, right? Because that's not always going to be the case, but that they agree in so much as valuable principles. Are we in a society in which we can agree upon those things? Because there, therein lies your conversation with uh, artificial intelligence, right, Pat? Is do we even agree on the principles in which we have as a guide post? And if we can't agree upon those principles, whether whether we have that, whether we have a fight about it, and one version wins and the other doesn't, or not, right? Whether we, I would argue, we
1: don't even know what those things are yet, though.
0: Right. That's my mm. point. And, and until we know that basic thing, this next conversation can't happen. But if we don't have that fight now, if we don't have that battle now, if we don't have that cultural war right now, and I've happen. seen so many people, Pat, talk about how the best way to win the culture war is to never fight it. Wrong. You're going to get your ass run over first. Mm-hmm. You'll be the first to be run over. And if you're not the first, you'll be the hardest to be run over, and I by hardest to run over. I mean, you'll be the hardest hit. You'll be the one that they back the Mack truck over, not the S ten, right? They'll 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 back the uh, the 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 dump truck over you, and not the F one fifty. Okay. And by the way, the dump truck full of the bodies of everybody else, so it's even heavier. So, my, I I hope people understand that. What this episode is about is striking up that thought process and that conversation for yourself, for your family, for your uh, locality, right? Wherever you are, are they having this discussion? Are you looking at how this is implemented in your own family, in your own lives? What are the ethics that you want to teach, right? What are the principles that you want in your own household? This goes beyond religion. This goes beyond conservative, beyond libertarian beyond Democrat, beyond Republican, beyond any label, principles. What are they? How do you implement them in your own family? How are things taught in your household? Whether they're contradictory to or complementary to the education that you get on a public school level in that private school, which by the way, you need to be vigilant of today too. How do you implement artificial intelligence in your own home, right? And how do you model ethical behavior in your own home because ultimately yet starts right there and then these broader conversations happen well, your final thoughts though pat
1: don't get lost remember who you are no means no
0: and beware of the hive mind please be smart be safe be kind make sure you eat all your meals today and as always, Matthew 547. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.